0: Oh, my God. Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, June 26, 2019. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by the People's Champ, Matt Baxendell. We have a wide-ranging show here, Bax. We're going to start off with recruiting. We're going to end the show with some of the shenanigans going on at other programs across the country, maybe... How the media and how the NCAA is handling those things and how Ohio State internally would handle those things compared to some of these institutions. But let's start off right at the top. The high school teammates that could be teammates at Ohio State. Bijan Robinson and Lathan Ransom. Bijan Robinson, of course, the five star running back. Lathan Ransom, high four star safety. They're both from Tucson, Arizona. South Point Catholic High School. Facts. This is looking good for the Buckeyes. It's not, you know, Phil Kerlick, the dean, has stopped sort of putting his crystal ball in for B. John Robinson, but he feels good about B. John Robinson. Other people are putting their crystal balls in for B. John Robinson to Ohio State. It's also looking good for Latham Ransom to join him at Ohio State. Your thoughts, Bax?
1: Well, if I had to be picking which one I was more confident in, it would be Latham Ransom. Uh, I, I think Ohio State's pretty clearly his leader at this point. Uh, The real question I think we have to ask is whether they're wanting to be a package deal kind of thing, because if they are, then it's Ohio State. But if if B. John Robinson's going to take his own path, then it's still a little bit to be figured out. That said, how delicious is it that this is a Texas-Ohio State battle again, after all the bad blood Tom Herman's created in the last year towards his old program? Uh, Personally, I I would love a live camera of Tom Herman's face during Bijan John Robinson's announcement if he goes to Ohio State. Because at this point, I don't know if there's anybody Tom Herman hates more than Ohio State, uh, especially when it comes to taking players that he really wants. You know, Garrett Wilson coming up here was sort of the impetus that caused that whole Zach Smith scandal to get busted out from the Tom Herman sort of ratting him out to the national media perspective last year. So I think Ohio State almost owes Texas a few more recruits that the Longhorns don't get that come to Ohio State. And if it's Bijan John Robinson, that's awesome. That's the big elite tailback we've been waiting for in this class. You know, there's been a lot of talk recently about train 'em not coming to Ohio State here from in-state. A lot of talk about Michael Drennan probably not coming here because of the different guys that Ohio State's in on. So if you tell me we end up with a guy like Corum and a guy like Robinson as the two tailbacks in this class, that's a big win. I mean, you have to be really excited about that. So, you know, you're really starting to see Ohio State's recruiting – uh, start to really start swinging upwards. And, by the way, another thing to point out here, Dave, we've seen a lot of Ryan Day focusing in hard on Ohio. There's been talk about sticking in Ohio, you know. Oh, look, you got a lot of guys from Ohio and local areas that are going to be Buckeyes. Well, these are two Arizona kids. You know, you've got guys from all over the country in this class. I think the hype about Ryan Day, quote, staying home, might be a lot more hype than substance because Ohio State's taking kids from across the country right now, and they're taking good kids from across the country. So, you know, I I remember writing a couple weeks ago in the bucket that people were worried about recruiting. Well, we're starting to see that swing back towards normal for Ohio State after the new staffs sort of gotten the ability to get themselves out there to these young men.
0: Yeah, speaking of Ohio State being uh, in on some of the top prospects in the nation, they could be the leader also for four-star Mookie Cooper. Out of St. Louis, the wide receiver. Four-star outside linebacker slash defensive end Mitchell Melton out of the DMV. Three-star safety slash athlete Cameron Martinez from Michigan. By the way, Cameron Martinez is a four-star according to 24-7 Sports. I always cite the composite. He is a high three-star in the composite, but he's a four-star in just the in-house 24-7 sports rankings. Um, So backs, it looks like Buckeyes, it's not a sure thing, but they've emerged, it looks like, as the leader for Cooper, Melton, and Martinez.
1: Yeah, and that's a – if they end up with Cooper, I don't know if you've ever seen a better group of wide receivers in one recruiting class. And here's the deal. you got to beat out Illinois for Cooper. Yes, it's the home state school, but it's freaking Illinois. So, you know, I like Ohio State's chances at that one. I, I mean, and he's that slot guy that would mesh perfectly with the receivers they've already got in this class, you know. Uh, it would be – I don't know if – again, I can't think of a single recruiting class anywhere – that would have a better group of receivers in it than this recruiting class. And it really is a testament to, A, how well Brian Hartline has sort of taken to this job as the wide receivers coach. I mean, I don't know if there's a bigger rising star as a position coach in the country anywhere. And, B, it reflects how strong Ryan Day's reputation is as an offensive guru in the passing game. So that's very exciting. Uh, As for the other guys, I mean, Williams is a kid from from the state of Michigan if he joins a class, he'd be the second Michigander in this class. And before, Ohio State really didn't go up there unless it was to try to poach Cast Tech kids. So that's a new iteration, if you will, that you have two Michigan kids, none of whom went to Tech. So that would be a new one for OSU because typically we ignore the state of Michigan. Uh, that said, he's also an interesting recruit because he's looking at Northwestern, Minnesota, but he's got offers from the Michigan schools. It's just like he didn't care. So – Who knows? I mean, I suppose maybe he's a really smart Michigan kid not wanting to stay in Michigan, and that alone would make him worthwhile having. And then you've got Melton, who's a position of need, if you will, right? We need some linebackers and defensive players in this class. That would be fun. Um, And Ohio State has a long track record of bringing kids in from the, the DMV area. So, you know, this would be sort of reaching out to some of the old pathways that have been so successful in recent years. And by the way, they're not the only ones right now. I mean, you've got upcoming Ohioans that are Henry and Royer, for example, that I think you're going to end up seeing in this class in the not-too-distant future. So it's a really good time to be excited about Ohio State recruiting. I think people who were concerned a couple weeks ago are probably going to be a lot more calm after seeing how some of this stuff is panning out for the Buckeyes.
0: I agree with you on Henry and Royer. I think they're both definitely in. It's good to see Royer's ranking really go up. Um, You know, you look at his film, it's like this kid is is a, uh, he could be an NFL tight end one day, which is why Ohio State wants him. Um, You know, you look at Ryan Day's first class here, it's going to be a great class. Right now, you know, it got as high as fifth. Now it's dropped back to sixth. um, And it's going to be, Quantity and quality, which (laughs) you put those two two things together, that's how you can finish with a very high recruiting ranking. Last year, Ohio State's class, you look at average star ranking, average player ranking, was a really good class. It just had 17 kids in it, so they finished 14th. Um, This year they're ranked sixth. How high, if you had to put a number on it, how high do you think this uh, 2020 class will be ranked in the end for the Buckeyes?
1: Well, because they have the numbers available, I think you're going to see them in the top five for sure. Um, I think it's also going to be worth noting, that the class is going to probably be much higher average stars on the offensive side of the ball than the defensive side of the ball. Um, You know, if you look at the defensive commits they have right now, there's some good players, but there's also some guys such as, you know, Devon Hamilton's little brother who's ranked in the 20s in Ohio. And I'm sure that'll change as there's more evaluation that comes in. But you're going to see a lot of high three, low four-star kind of defensive players, whereas on the offensive side of the ball, you've got a lot of five-star and high four-star guys. So, the first, I mean, that's, and that shouldn't be a surprise. I mean, knowing what Ryan Day's background is and what his reputation is and the fact that his best recruiter is his wide receiver coach, it shouldn't be a surprise that his first recruiting class is stronger on the offensive side of the ball than the defensive side of the ball. But that doesn't mean there's not going to be some very good defensive players in this class. So I think it's going to end up ultimately being a top-five class I don't think there's a shadow of a doubt that it's going to be the best class in the Big Ten like usual. And, you know, you never know how it's going to end up panning out Ohio State goes out and has a fantastic season. And some of those late deciders are looking at OSU with renewed vigor because, okay, this is still the program that we've watched for the last 10, 20 years. This is still Ohio State. And Ryan Day having one good, strong starting year to do that is going to settle a lot of concerns for recruits.
0: As promised, I want to close the show talking about what's going on at Clemson and LSU. Um, published reports say there's been rampant PED use at Clemson. Clemson denies that. Um, there's also been published reports about a, uh, heavy booster involvement at LSU. LSU denies that. Um, is the media and the NCAA looking at the other way with these two cases, and how do you think Ohio State internally would handle these cases?
1: Oh, my God. So this is absurd <laughs> on all levels. I, I could not be more annoyed by the way this has played out. First of all, Clemson and LSU, uh, this is part of the basketball probe. There's been a sides of the FBI investigation that have assistant coaches on the phone talking about the way that their players and the football teams at those schools get paid. There's a, there's apparently record of a $180,000 payment from a booster who's part of a racketeering case to a former LSU football player's dad. If that was at Ohio State, remember the place where they traded their own personal possessions for tattoos. Not even free tattoos. It was like a barter system. That resulted in a bull ban and a firing of a legendary head coach and suspensions left and right. Hell Terrell Pryor got suspended in the NFL for that crap. But a hundred eighty thousand dollar payment to a boot from a booster to a family member is like not even getting talked about right now. They haven't heard a peep from ESPN. It's absolutely absurd. But this is the par for the course. They always never want to mention any of this stuff down south. But if it was at Ohio State, you'd have, you know, investigations into whether Jeremy Rucker was busy, you know, getting uh, and playing poker games in the dorms or something and saying he wasn't reporting it on his taxes. I mean, this is the kind of the double standard that you're seeing between the southern schools and Ohio State. And then the Clemson thing about this performance-enhancing drug issue, is mind-boggling how this isn't like a constant alert recruiting or uh, reporting coverage from the national people. They had three people test positive by the NCAA for PEDs, including one of their great defensive linemen, as part of a random test. And then since then, Clemson's response has been, well, we promise no more is happening. Bull crap. That's a bunch of horse shit. you imagine saying, well, hey, look, we – we, we had one time where some guys got caught accepting money, but we swear no more is happening. Trust us. No. Where's the NCAA on this? Where is ESPN? If Ohio State had three guys test positive for performance-enhancing drugs and Gene Smith's response was, listen, we're not going to talk about the investigation, you'd have 40 people from ESPN here throbbing at the mouth trying to prove any historical evidence ever of roid rage or any sort of other thing. You'd have any instance that involved the player who had some sort of uh, angry incident, like the time Trevor Lawrence threw kids around the basketball courts at Clemson, as an indicative of a roid culture. You'd have people talking about how the coaches were covering it up left and right and talking about whether they should be fired. Meanwhile, Dabo Swinney's down there at Clemson like, oh, gee, y'all. I can't believe the good Lord accidentally put some Osterene in our cupcakes. Oh, my God. And it's, like, not even talked about. But, hey, you know, I suppose whenever major media influential people have kids involved in the football program there, there's a little bit of a, hey, don't investigate that. To me, it's mind-boggling that this is not the biggest story in college sports. When two of the last three national championships, or two of the last four, whatever it is, belong to Clemson, and they're in the middle of a rampant PED story, and you don't get a peep out of it other than, no, 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 no. no. Insane.
0: He is one of a kind, my friends. He is the people's champ, Matt Baxendow. Calm down now, my friend. You're right. Everything you said is true, but I don't want your blood pressure to go up. Appreciate it, my friend, and thanks to all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best band in the land. <laughs>